Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. I want to welcome you to our new series where we're going to talk about storms. Yes, storms, it's a common theme in the Bible and it's a common theme that we all experience in life. We're going to talk about how to weather these unexpected moments that come our way in life. And as I began to pray for you and think about this series, I thought about how these storms, they come in my life, they come in your life, and how many times we're somewhat under-equipped to be able to know how to face them and how to handle these storms. And so we're going to look at what the scriptures have to say regarding storms in life and unexpected moments. I want to welcome those that are streaming with us live at our McKinney campus. Welcome those that are maybe on vacation on a beach somewhere. God bless you. And... Uh, and uh, all of those, again, online, and as well, those watching at 12.30 in our video service. Would you put your hands together and welcome all of them? I'm going to ask you if you have your Bibles to turn with me to the book of Mark chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 35 through 41, and we're going to look at one of the most famous storm passages in the whole Bible. Summer's always an awesome time here at Milestone. We've kicked off with a bang. We had last weekend, Freedom Weekend. It's a group of people. Come on now, how many of y'all were part of that? Enjoyed it? We had several hundred of you. They journey through small groups together, and then there's a great uh, weekend where people are experiencing freedom from hangups and hurts. And so I want to say thank you to our staff team and all of those of you that served and volunteered and helped with that process. We just came off as well. Uh, this is always a big time for young people this summer. We love creating moments where young people can encounter God. We had an awesome junior high, middle school camp a uh, fantastic time, thanks to our Next Gen team and all of you that served and helped them. And this week, uh, we have VBS, Vacation Bible School. I think we had to close registration. There's a thousand of these little people. So we have increased security and caffeine uh, so that we can take care of all these people but let's all be praying for those. There's so many people who have come into the kingdom of God from Vacation Bible School. And so let's be praying for all these young people that'll be a part of that. And of course, Summer Splash. If you've never heard Holly Wagner, she has an incredible testimony of God's healing grace. She's a pastor's wife. We love her. She's been with us before. I promise you, you don't want to miss it, ladies, for Summer Splash. A lot going on here this summer, and you want to make sure that you participate in it. Now, as I started thinking about and praying about storms, um, I went to my Bible and just started pulling out some of these familiar storms passages, and we're going to hit some of those. Uh, but then I just started thinking about storms in the natural, and so uh, just some of the practical side of storms. And why would God include storms so much in the Bible? Why would he tell us about his power related to storms? Uh, because there's this natural phenomena to this idea of storms. I learned that storms are when wind gusts get up to a speed of over 55 miles an hour. Storms can bring rain, storms can bring tornadoes, storms can bring hail, 
It's when there's a change in the pressure and there's moisture and then there's a change in temperature and then there's lift and all of these factors. I don't claim to be a meteorologist, but as I looked at it, I thought, man, there's all these factors that come together to create storms. And we've all experienced different versions of different types of storms. If you're not from Texas, one of the things we deal with here is uh, these thunderstorms that can become, again, in such a way that it can bring tornadoes, and we have these sirens. And so I remember as a kid, we had a tornado pass by close to our house, had a tornado destroy my grandmother's place. I remember in my, my parents' house, and this, this tornado comes by very close, it ripped up a piece of the pavement. Um, I don't know if you're from around here or in the kind of Midwest where there's kind of tornado alley. Some of us have experienced this where your, your, your mom says, okay, get in the bathtub. And then they put a mattress over you. Anybody ever been in the bathtub under a mattress? You get everybody up in there and it's like, you know, you know, those tornadoes coming. You're up under there. And then some kid, I got to go to the bathroom. Your mom gets you out of there, put a pillow over your head, go over there. Okay, we're going to make sure nothing falls on you. Go to the bathroom, get back under the mattress. And so we've all experienced those different types. We, Brandy and I were dating 1995. Brandy grew up a little bit west of here. And so we, in 1995, the, one of, I think, the most expensive hailstorm in U.S. history, $2 billion, 1995. How many of you remember the Fort Worth hailstorm? I'm talking this massive uh, big pieces of hail. And so uh, storms come in all fashions and sizes. Let me tell you about a real unique storm that Brandy and I experienced. 1999, 25 years old, we moved to West Texas. I grew up in Northeast Texas, spent some time in Central Texas around here. I had not spent a lot of time in West Texas. 25 years old, we moved to Abilene, Texas. I moved there to pastor a church, and so we woke up that first morning, and we stepped out on the porch. We didn't know if we were in an alternate universe or not, because the, the sky was orange. The world looked different, and it was just the wildest looking thing, and so you're like, why was it orange? Because all of the orange dirt from West Texas and the winds were blowing, just blowing, and dirt was everywhere. And it was like there's dirt on our porch, and our neighbor's yard blew onto our porch. And it's like, wow, we're in a different place. Is this Mars? Where are we? But it was West Texas dirt. Later on, this big old thunderstorm rolls in on top of the orange dirt, it started raining. And then it rained on the dirt, and the dirt became mud, and it was raining mud. I told my wife, welcome to West Texas, where it rains mud. <laughs> All kinds of different ways that we see this. But here's one of the things that I've, just by thinking of the storms I've experienced and studying a little bit about storms, with our ability to track things and our ability to know things scientifically with modern advancements, we can describe some of the factors of storms. We can tell you, as I said earlier, the moisture and the lift and the pressure and the heat and the cold, and, and we can kind of describe it based on our level of aptitude. But at some level, we totally cannot understand why it happens here or doesn't happen there. There's a mysterious, unexpected nature to storms. There's this, this, this thing we can't quite put our 
hands-on, and so we don't totally know how to grab a hold of it or explain it or understand it. And so that's why the Bible uses this metaphor or this picture for us. Many verses in the Bible, I love this one, this common metaphor, Psalm 107, 28 through 29, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. Now, obviously, you know, by this point, we're not just talking about meteorology. We're not just looking at natural scientific things. When the Bible talks about storms, it's talking about the unexpected, unplanned, uncharted course of events that come into our lives, and we don't know exactly what to do about it. By the way, storms come at the most inopportune time. Sometimes they build upon one another in our lives. You're dealing with your, your, your marriage and you're trying to, to deal with maybe a storm that's come up in the marriage and there's some challenges and then you have a kid issue or a challenge with a child and so you're balancing this and then the child issue or maybe you have some major deal going on in your business life or your employment life and there's pressure there and there's transition there and then all of a sudden while you're trying to balance this, a storm pops up over here in your family relationships and then it's like I'm trying to handle this but there's a storm over here and so you have situations like that in life. Out of nowhere there's a health challenge or someone you love starts facing or gets a, a bad diagnosis and just it's just as we move through life we have these unexpected moments, we have these situations, it's not part of our plan, and yet we have to know how to walk through them, how do we get through them, and so as I prayed for you, I wanted to spend the next three weeks looking at what the Bible has to say to us about storms and why the Bible uses storms as a common metaphor, and I want us to see if we can get some help from it, and so I want to go to a great passage here with Jesus where I want to lean on Jesus training his disciples in regards to storms. No better place to go. Jesus has been teaching. He's been teaching the multitudes. He's been teaching about seeds and he's been teaching in use of parables. He's been using these, these stories, these spiritual stories that have deeper spiritual meaning and he's been training them on how the kingdom works and he's talking to them about faith and, he, and this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus never wants us just to have all the information. He wants the information to become part of our real life so that he gives us an impartation of his very self so that it becomes so real to us that it works in real life. So he doesn't just stop with all of this. In fact, right before the, the story I'm about to read to you, before he takes them to this place, he actually pulls the disciples aside because he's teaching in these principles and he pulls them aside. He says, I want you guys to really understand what I'm talking about. I love this about Jesus. He gives real life training. He gives real life examples that work in our everyday. So in the midst of all of this teaching and training about how faith works and how life works and how the kingdom works, he says to these disciples, as evening came, he said to them, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. Let's go to the other side. 
Some of you may have heard messages on this particular story of Jesus. Maybe some of you haven't. Um, I tell you, a lot of times, I think, you know, we try to pull a little bit too much on the metaphor of the story, and it's kind of like we try to make every single thing have some deep spiritual meaning. As I read this story that I've read many, many times, I think a lot of it is really summed up with right here in the very beginning. You know, is the boat your business and the boat is your heart? Well, no, no, sometimes here's the reality. It's just about going to the other side. It's just it's that simple. We're about to go to the other side. Any of you that have walked with Jesus for any amount of time, any of you that have lived life for any amount of time, you understand when Jesus says, let's go to the other side, there's going to be along the way some challenges related to getting to the other side. And on the other side is always something that Jesus wants to do, by the way. And Jesus is going to the other side, to this place of the Gerizines, and he's going over there, and actually at the end of the story, actually, he's going to go and he's going to address a person who's possessed by a demon, and he's going to have a major miracle happen. By the way, there's always purpose in going to the other side. Wherever Jesus says, hey, come on, let's get in the boat, I'm about to take you from here to there, there's always a purpose in even the process of what he takes you through when you're going to the other side. And generally, if you really understand Jesus, there's people on the other side. There's people and they're part of his purpose, but then he's got to take you through a process of getting to the other side so you're ready to offer what needs to be offered on the other side. He says, let's go to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out. I don't know if you've ever had Jesus say, hey, I got a new season for you. Got a new moment for you. Hey, we're about to go to the other side. We're about to start that new business. We're about to hit a new station and season with your kids. We're about to go to this new place. You're about to have this new environment. I'm taking you to this new thing. How many of you know it's awesome when you start? Starting is phenomenal. It's out there in the in-between where the challenges come. So they started out, and they have no idea, these disciples, and they're leaving the crowds behind, although the crowds, their boats started to follow as well, and soon a fierce storm came up. Now we read that, and it's very hard for us to get into the level of the emotion that the disciples had. Some of you may have seen on social media that I recently returned from this lake, sometimes called the Sea of Galilee, the Lake of Gennesaret. I recently returned. I've been uh, shooting some videos. By the way, I want to encourage you this fall, you want to bring your friends. We're, we're going to do a series on, on just getting closer to Jesus in these different locations where a lot of these miracles of Jesus took place. And so I went to the actual physical locations, actually shot uh, on this Sea of Galilee and, and, I, and, and really thinking about you and how we're going to journey together. We have a little book for you and we're going to really spend some time looking at Jesus in a, in a deeper fashion. And it really is powerful. Uh, we had some team members that went with us and, and, and really this, this, this lake that Jesus would do a lot of ministry around, Capernaum, the, the Galilee area. He did lots of ministry in this region. Very common for him uh, to get in a boat and say, let's go over there, this, this high country area, the Golan Heights, this place where these people literally that needed a lot of ministry and things, he would go over there with his disciples. And it's really interesting because it's kind of a desert dry climate, but it has the winds of the Mediterranean Sea. And 
and what, the, what would happen with the way the heat would, would, would come up and then different types of ways that the heat and the cool would combine. It was very common, um, and there's certain, certain scenarios that we see even uh, today. Maybe you've been around some of these places, maybe like a Lake Tahoe or other places where it is a lake, but it can become very dangerous very fast. And, and this, this lake that Jesus would do this ministry with these disciples Let's, let's remember, he says, let's get in the boat, let's go to the other side. They didn't have an outboard motor. They're rowing across this lake, and these factors come up, and it says here there's a fierce storm that's hard for us to relate to, but they're in a dangerous position, came up. High waves were breaking into the boat. It began to fill with water, and Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat. Jesus was sleeping. I love this little, I love the Bible's detail. And he had a cushion. He had a good pillow. Come on, Jesus. Jesus is not like some of y'all that are getting older that can fall asleep anywhere. Jesus, this is not one of those moments where it's like, how you, you know, that's not what Jesus is doing. Jesus full on got him a good pillow. I appreciate a good pillow, by the way. My wife likes flat pillows. I have three fluffy big ones. I like a big old fluffy pillow. When it gets flat, we throw it away, get another one. But that's a different message. Jesus. Jesus had him a good old pillow. And he's sleeping. So he's, he's in a full-on good, rested place. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care? We're going to come back to that in a minute. I love the honesty of the disciples because when you get in your storm, if you don't know how to navigate it, if you don't know how to really look at it from God's perspective, your emotions can overtake you. And these are the honest answers of real people when you're in a real storm. Do you even care what I'm going through? Don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. It's not about what boat you're in, and it's not even always about what circumstance you're in. Jesus was not in panic. He was in peace because he knew what authority that he had. Jesus says, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. They're not just terrified now by the set of events but now they've got this overwhelming sense of the authority that Jesus carries. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. And ultimately, that's the deepest meaning of the story that moves you from panic to peace is when you know who the person Jesus Christ really is. And so as you look at your storm or your situation, they came to a revelation of who Jesus really is. See, if Jesus is merely an insurance card that you kind of hope that he's some kind of, maybe even some kind of mystical figure that you can go to when you're in trouble, then you will continually relate to him that way. If you think he was just a good teacher with some good information that you can learn more information that you don't have revelation of so that information doesn't have power in your real life, you'll relate to him that way and you'll fill your head with more information that doesn't work in your life. But if you believe him to be Lord and Savior, if you believe him to be King of kings and Lord of lords, if you have revelation of that Jesus, he can bring peace in the midst of your panic because he has the authority to speak into the real life situations of your life. Here's the hope that we have. If you're in a storm, here's the hope that we have. If Jesus is taking us to the other side, 
He calms the storms along the way. Now, by the way, you can invite some storms. What I love about this storm is it's not one of these, as I call, stupid storms in our life. My wife says we can't use stupid, but maybe she's not listening right now. (laughs) But, you know, you can just bring some foolish storms. The Bible says it is a fool to live as if there is no God. You can live outside of God's wisdom and just invite full-on storms in your life. You can do that, and they'll just keep coming, and they'll come plentiful. But there's also some storms that come not because you're necessarily violating God's principles and not because you're in the wrong place, but because you're in the right place, because you're headed to the other side. And what God wants to do in you and the revelation he wants to give you is a part of the process of moving to the other side. So we have great hope in knowing that if Jesus is leading us to the other side, then he's going to calm the storms that we face along the way. You say, you preach on this, Pastor. Do you have storms? Have you had storms? Oh, absolutely. I don't preach it as information. In fact, what I'm about to give you is, one, what I believe to be an understanding of what the scriptures are saying to us, but also even to you from my own life. I try to be as transparent as I possibly can, but I have to tell you, a lot of times it's challenging in my role because if I'm very transparent all the time about some of the storms I'm facing, you all love me and there's lots of you. So if I start sharing about a problem I have, then you try to fix the problem and there's a lot of you and I'm trying to solve my own storm and you become a storm of a problem for me. (laughs) But I always want you to know this is real. And I wanna tell you from experience of walking with Jesus for many, many years, And I'm in a role where when I say, let's go to the other side, there's a lot of boats that follow. And so every time, though, I have learned that every time God says, I want us to go to the other side, then there's storms usually that come my way. And I don't know if there's certain type of storms that certain people face. Remember, there's a part of this we can't understand, but one of the areas in my life is that I've faced challenges, like health challenges with my wife or my children. I've been transparent with you about when we moved into a building and we lost a baby or we have health things that we faced. I don't, I don't know how to explain that to you, but a lot of times we'll face and those things will kind of pop up. And Again, I'm not asking you to fix it or asking you to solve it. I'm just trying to be transparent with you that I, I've learned that if we're going to go over there, then there's going to be some challenges along the way. I've I faced relational storms. You know, when you decide to go from here to there, not everybody goes from here to there, and that's painful. I don't believe this is just for pastors, but I do know this, that having real peace in the midst of going from here to there in the storm has a lot to do with your own processing of relational challenges along the way. The only way to never be hurt is to never love. But if you do that, then you have to be able to navigate and love others and walk through that. So I've had relational challenges and health challenges with my family and my own struggles along the way. And and yet what I would tell you is this, as I've journeyed with God and built a history with God, I'm not saying I have it figured out, but I'm getting a little better at dealing with the storm and trying to relate in a healthy way. And so I'd like to offer to you in our last few moments together, here's some things I believe from the scripture, and we're gonna look at this obviously throughout the series, but let's lay a little foundation for a minute 
of what's God saying to us when we're trying to weather these unexpected moments. Number one, realize, how do you respond in a storm? Realize you generally don't understand the storm while you're in it. You don't typically understand what's really going on when you're in the middle of the storm. You ever been in a storm where you literally can't see the road in front of you while you're driving? Has anybody ever experienced that? You're like, oh, nobody runs over me. Am I in the right lane? I mean, it is raining so bad, and it's all you can do is just kind of keep everything in front of you, and your windshield wipers can't even keep up with the level of rain that's beating down on your car. But isn't it amazing when you pass through the storm, it looks totally different from behind? Because when you're in it, you can't understand it. And here's how we're wired, how we're wired. And I'll be honest for myself, we're constantly asking the question when you end up in a storm, what could I have done to avoid it? Could I have navigated better to be outside of it? Could I have figured out a better solution so I wouldn't have to face it? Even when I'm in it, can I figure out how to make it stop quicker? Can I solve it? Can I fix it? And so a lot of times we're going to ourselves to try to fix the problem, and a lot of times in the middle of the storm, that may not be the place God wants you to focus the most. He may be after something deeper in your heart, not trying to figure out the storm, but to continue to move toward the other side. Did you know what? The best meteorologists, they can explain some things, and they've got all the tools and the equipment, and now we have computers. They can't, they can't totally tell you. They can't. I follow the weather a lot. You're like, that's interesting, pastor. Why do you follow the weather? I follow the weather because I'm a pastor. You're like, what does that have to do with being a pastor? The reason I follow the weather is I have a thing called church every weekend. And you see, God gives me a word, and that word could change your life. And the problem is, if you find out it's bad weather, you don't come and listen, but I still have to study. All the meteorologists have to say, storms are coming. You guys stay away in droves. You know what I'm saying? Let him say there's an ice storm coming. There'll be nobody here. It'll be crickets. You know what I'm saying? Which is probably good because I've seen some of you drive at a little bit of ice. We probably just, you know, let's just have online church or whatever. I was following one of our notable meteorologists in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He may be watching, and so I'm not going to give his name, but I follow him on social media, and I follow what he says. You know, And just recently, he just said, it's going to be 10 days of sunny, nice, sunny summer. It's all good. I'm like, man, good. All right, awesome. If they're not on vacation, they'll come to church and hear about the storms that I want to talk about. They'll be here. Then after that, there were like five tweets, but unexpected storms can come. Dude, don't do that. You're messing me up. Storms can come. And so it's like, even the best can't totally explain it. We don't understand it when we're in it. We can't predict it. That's not what God's after. Here's what happens, though. Once you walk through it and walk with God, here's what you learn. God is faithful. God is good. God is faithful to bring us through the storms along the way. Here's number two, big one right here. Resist the urge to change what you think about God. This is is the strategy of the enemy. And I'm going to tell you, it's easy to go there. Even if you've walked with God for some time, it's easy when you get in the storm, even when you know God is faithful and you know God is good, in storms, it's easy to start losing your footing and get a little destabilized in your confidence in God. 
Because one phrase is, when it rains, it pours. You get in a storm, and then this happens, and that happens, and really, you're just trying to get out of this chaos, so it's like, man, every little thing starts to become magnified. I remember one time, we were in a little bit of a stressful season in ministry, had some challenges, different things going, and we decided, you know what, we're going to leave all of that storm behind, we're going to go on vacation. How many of you know if you don't know how to get real peace, vacation doesn't always bring peace? I had a bunch of young kids, we packed up the car, we set out to drive to the beach, and I'm going to tell you what storm we thought we were leaving, we brought with us. They started complaining. They started griping. I decided we would eat a hamburger at a certain place. I pulled in. I didn't realize. This is when I got a revelation. My wife doesn't like eating hamburgers that are connected to gas stations. I thought it was a perfectly efficient place to fill up with gas, get a hamburger, you know, go to the bathroom with extra hand sanitizer, whatever. Efficient. No one wanted it. We don't like it. We got to find something else. Okay, all right, praise God. The storm is just coming. (laughs) Then you head on down the road a little ways, and I went the wrong direction. I drove 45 minutes out of the way. Then it literally does start raining. Then when I turn around, I have to pull over to the side of the road. I left my cell phone on the roof of the car. I went out into the, I started looking for my cell phone. Go back. It's in the middle of the intersection. Run over. When it rains, it pours. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can something good happen? Now, I know that's a humorous story, but we laugh because that's life sometimes. It's just like, man, okay, can we kind of get off this train? Here's, here's, this is so important, so important. The enemy's strategy when that's happening is to get you to change your perspective of who God really is. That was his original move in the garden, was to say God is not good to get them on the wrong path. His desire is to get you to start seeing God. Did you notice the disciples? Don't you just love their honesty? Don't you care, Jesus? Don't you care? Do you even care? Where are you? What are you up to? Do you see this mess? The enemy wants to change his perspective, but I'm going to tell you, he knows this as well. When you change your perspective of who God is, when you change your perspective of the person Jesus Christ, you disconnect yourself from his authoritative voice because it's only his authoritative voice that can speak peace into the storm. Every time we trade to move away from God and his personhood and his goodness and we trade that for our own perspective, we lose the authority that can speak peace into the storm. Here's number three. Remember, he's with you in the storm. He's with you in the storm. The goal is not to manage the situation of the storm. The goal is not to figure out the circumstance of the storm. The goal is to have him speak into the circumstances that we're facing and bring peace in the midst of the storm. He's he's with us in the storm. That's the game changer. The peace that passes all understanding that even though I'm in the midst of the storm, I have a supernatural peace because of who God is. And I'm going to tell you, I've been amazed as I've walked with people through the journey of life. It's amazing to me how small storms can make some people 
greatly bitter, greatly hardened toward God. And sometimes people can face large storms and still have peace in the middle of those storms, but it's all on the basis of the understanding they have of who Jesus is in the middle of their storm. It's, it's amazing how people can walk through it in a totally different fashion on the basis of their walk with God. And I know some of you, you haven't built a history with God. We have so many of you that are newly saved. And I wanna tell you, as your pastor, you come in, you're excited. It's always cool when Jesus says, let's go from here to there, and you start out. But in the middle of the lake, the storms start to come, and I don't want the enemy to have his way to trip you up. And even some of you that have walked with God for some time, let me tell you, we have to continually anchor ourselves to the Jesus who walks with us in the midst of the storm. I think about some people recently that I've walked with, a gentleman later in life who, in his business life, he shouldn't be facing all of the upheaval and turmoil and situation he's going through. And he's walking through some real challenges there. And then the, he had some health challenges. And then he had some different relational challenges. And he was sharing this with me. And I was even just, again, amazed because he has a history with God. But even if the long history with God that he had, he began to share with me how the enemy still tried to pull him away from some very important anchors and relationships and different things. Because as he walked through this circumstance, it became challenging because he's in the midst of the storm and he's kind of getting a little to the other side of it and he was processing it with me along the way. I see people face so many different situations and challenges and, and, and they walk through their storms so differently. I recently talked to a young man who was dating one of the single moms in our church who took her own life. I know that's a tragic scenario. In fact, we see it in famous figures in our culture today. And I know there's all kinds of factors, mental illness in, in today our world and the anxiety and the pressure and the fear and there's, there's so many things. I'm not, again, trying to explain the storms or explain the situation, but um, I thought it was interesting because this, this guy came up to me and said, Preacher, I wanna know. I wanna know when this happened, where was God? And, and again, that's an honest question. It's really what the disciples were saying. Do you care? Do you understand? Pain, storms, unexpected events are one of the top things that the enemy uses to turn people away from the goodness of God. And all of us face tribulation and challenge. He wasn't really asking me to explain why, because as we talked, I said, I can't explain why. By the way, just a little thought when you're ministering to people, they're not expecting you to understand everything. They just want you to share with them the love of God and encourage them. And so I didn't try to explain it all. I just started sharing with him and loving on him and walking through some of that with him. And, 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 and I, I just saw the enemy's strategy to get him in a place where he couldn't walk through everything that God had for him along the way. We all face it in different ways. We just recently had a lady in our church who had breast cancer, went through double mastectomy and our team rallied around and the people and small group leaders and people rallied around her and prayed with her and she got a report that she, with her markers and everything, she's cancer free and, and we have, I could just go on and on and on. When I read these prayer requests, here's the facts. In this world we have tribulation, but there is a way of facing the tribulation of the world that we can be of good cheer for he has overcome the world. So when we walk through the storms of life, it's, 
not the things we don't understand, but the things we do understand and the person we do hold on to that helps us navigate the storms that we're facing. Maybe you're facing a storm today. And I'm going to ask every person, even watching online or maybe watching in McKinney or watching by video, I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads with me for just a minute. And the first place I want to take you is, is that storms are coming in our lives, but my question to you is, is Jesus Christ the center of your life? Remember, the revelation you have of him is the game changer in the storms of life. Is he just someone you know about? Is he just someone that you show up to church every now and then to pay a little homage to? Is he just someone that you, just kind of the man upstairs that you talk to or have you fully and completely surrendered yourself to him? You can say to him, Jesus, I'm asking you to come into the chaos of my world. I'm asking you to come into my life where I've messed it up. You just say it to him between you and him. Jesus, I believe you died for me, rose from the dead. I'm asking you to come into my life. I surrender myself to you. I'm praying that you're going to come bring peace, peace that I've never known in and of myself. Come into my life. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you, even after this service, we're having Discovery 101. We're ready for you. I'd love you to come to Discovery 101. I'll be there. I'd love to meet you. We're having it at both campuses. If you're not able to come to that, I'm going to ask you to come forward or fill out a card or let us start helping you on your journey in walking with Jesus and equipping you for the things life is going to bring in. But as I begin to pray for this series, I know there's some of you here, you say, Pastor, you've been talking to me because I'm in a storm. And so I want to pray for you specifically, maybe online or in this room right now or watching my video. How many of you would say, Pastor, I'm in a storm. Would you pray for me? Would you just slip your hand up and say, I'm, I'm facing it right now. It's coming my way. Keep it up high so I can see it. Hands around this room. Jesus, we're asking you to come into these situations. We believe you to be the one who calms the storm, the one who brings peace in the midst of the storm. And I'm praying those that they're, just, they're hearing this message and they, they came in with worry and anxiety and fear. and You, you may just show up and, and just heal the situation, fix the situation. There may still be parts of the situation that they have to face, but I'm praying they'll walk out of this message encouraged. They'll walk out with hope. Despite their circumstances, they'll have you in the midst of the storm. I pray they would not let the pain of the storm push them away from you, Jesus. But they would draw near to you. They would draw close to you. And they would recognize that you do care. When the emotion of it comes, that they might have thoughts that you don't care, you do care. You're there with us in the midst of every trial, every celebration, every victory. And I pray you would just invade their heart and life to a new degree, that they might walk out with hope. That this week, they would go in maybe to the storm that is that health challenge, the storm that is that business challenge, the storm that is that relational challenge with supernatural peace, peace that is greater than our understanding. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. 
We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 